0: Welcome to another exciting and elucidating episode of the Talk Ask an Expert Series. I'm your host, Chris Walton. And I'm Anne Mazinga. And we are the founders of Talk, the fast-growing retail media outlet that is all about the companies, the people, and the technologies that are coming together to shape the future of retail. Or as we like to say, Anne, the retail news organization that focuses on tomorrow, today. I can never say that enough. I know. And Anne... I absolutely, L-O-V-E, in the biggest capital oh, we're spe- letters.
1: We're spelling this out. Yes, that's we are, how, Ann. That's how much affection you have
0: for this topic. I love today's topic. Okay. It's quite possible my I do favorite Ask an Expert series we've ever done. Yes. We haven't even recorded it yet, but I'm building the hype already, Anne. No
1: pressure for and, our guests. You no,
0: know, right? Yeah, there's a lot to live up to already. Uh, intentionally. All right, because, and the reason I say that is because... We have some of the foremost experts in the world assembled here to hear how they are actually digitizing physical stores. These aren't pundits, Anne. No. No, folks. These are not pundits. There's enough of those in the world. These are real people on the ground making next generation retail experiences come to life. So without further ado. Who we got, Chris? Who we got? Yeah. Joining us today, Anne, are Guy Yair the Chief Revenue Officer at Trigo, Nitu Koshal, the Managing Director, Cloud First Intelligent Edge Business for the Europe region at Accenture, Andre Beshtol, the SVP and Head of Solution and Innovation Experience at SAP, and last but certainly not least, Annika Vos, the Chief Acceleration Manager at Reva Digital. Welcome everyone to OmniTalk in Mass. It's great to have you all here.
1: We're excited to have you. Um, Before we get into our discussion with all of you, I just want to give a quick reminder to those of you who are listening and watching live on LinkedIn right now. Make sure we have, like Chris said, this panel of extraordinary minds who are the doers, they're in the day-to-day of digitizing the store. Ask your questions at any time via the chat window just to the right-hand side of our screen today. Um, now, I want to get started. Let's get to know each of you just a little bit. Let's briefly have you tell us about yourselves, your companies, and your roles. And Annika, I'd love to start with you.
2: Thank you so much for that kind introduction and, and posing us here as expert. I love the sentence you said about bringing the future today, and that's pretty much what I try to do at REVA. So I work in research and innovation, and our goal is to find um, new technologies and, and bring tech-driven innovation to the whole rave group. And, and yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I try to bring new ideas, accelerate them and, and bring them to life. So this can be something like uh, computer vision, of course, but also autonomous last mile things. and. What we do is we pick up the sparks of ideas, look at them, accelerate, and then hand them over to other departments or maybe look um, for building up new ventures for the River Group. Um, yeah, and just making things happen
0: how'd you get that job that job sounds so cool like that's like the job that I think Ann and I would each want if we were back in retail part of it yeah
2: yeah yeah very good karma I guess because it's just so much fun and really really great people I get to work with from from technology uh, from retail from startups so
1: it's it's really inspiring every day and Annika, for while well, our listeners should be very familiar with the Reva Group, for give yeah, a quick overview question. of just the Reva Group and where you are and the kind of stores that you offer your customers.
2: So we're amongst the top fruit grocery retailers in in Europe. We also um, have companies in DIY and in turistics, and uh, we're pretty big in in Europe. Uh, about um 80 um billion sales if i translate that wow. correctly from milliarden um that's where we're at so so we have more than 10,000 uh, outlets in in europe
1: and so that's
2: that's quite big our main market is is germany but we're also present in in a couple of other eu countries excellent wow. thank
1: you so much uh need to let's go to you next
3: Uh, Thank you so much for having me today. Such a strong panel here. A pleasure to see you all. Um, I'm based out of London and uh, as you mentioned, I'm running the edge business across Europe. And what does that mean? It's an emerging technology and essentially I get involved uh, in driving anything that's real time And, and real time is where milliseconds matter. So we pull together all of the right technology needed to serve our customers. Um, I have also the pleasure to work across every industry, from utilities to manufacturing, consumer goods, and retail. But retail has a a very special place in my heart because, uh-huh. with the backdrop of the way the macro economy is, energy issues, the way the consumer behaviours are changing, I think this industry is at a real. Point of change and getting involved in the heart of that um, with my organization feels like it's such a a powerful place to be in, and also one that's driving real value. So we we get involved in all of those aspects. Um, So we work with a lot of partners, work with a variety set of different customers as well across the the globe, and and pulling together all of the right technology that is efficient, that can actually drive value back to our customers and generate that end-to-end customer experience that we want to improve is, is top of our priority.
1: Right. So you're seeing, and you've got the scope of worldwide what's happening on different types of projects, different types of consumers, which will be so important for our conversation today. Yes, Um,
3: absolutely. And and just to add to that, you know, we also get involved from a supply chain point of view as well. So we really look at it from fully end to end. So that's where we spend our time.
0: And so Nietzsche, the real key thing there is the real time nature mm-hmm. of what you said, right? So that's your expertise, is getting, you know, things to happen from a technology perspective in the real time.
3: Correct.
1: That's it.
0: That is super cool. Well, wow.
1: I know I'm getting really excited. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have we have somebody who's a, a two-timer. Second timer, and
0: two-timer on our
1: on our show. Andre, welcome back. It's so good to see you again. For those who may have missed our conversation at NRF back in January, um, please tell the audience a little bit about you and your role at SAP.
4: Well, thanks for having me and uh, really enjoying the, the conversation here. Um, so actually I'm heading a department called Solution and Innovation Experience because everything what we are doing sometimes in software industry um, uh, is hard to to create also the value and make it tangible for our customers. And that's actually my role, like on the one hand side, I really try to provide our solution landscape and provide demos to our customers, how the software is working for them and bringing value to them. And on the other side, um, we also build, so to say on the innovation piece, uh, uh, call it concept cars in our experience centers. So we build the next level of businesses in a real world environment with real software landscapes and also together with our partners, to show, okay, what is the next level of innovation and how can bring the customers these innovation to life and make it really tangible for them?
1: Well, Andre, we've been in the Experience Center. We've seen it. I'm so excited to just hear how things have been going the first few months for you. Again, our audience will get... Get to have some real hands-on experience, um, or hear from people with real hands-on experience yeah. today.
0: It's cool too, because like Andre's on the front end of this. Yes. Like he said, like helping the the retailers and the people he works with understand the possible. Yes, which is why which is an important part of bringing things to life. Right, it yes. can't be understated. So that's and, it's awesome and how to, how to bring
1: it all together yeah.
0: with the system. I'm that I'm an own retailer now. I, I you yes. are so yeah like a customer of SAP so to say.
1: Yes.
4: Once you go <laughs>
0: retailer, you never go back, Andre. Yes, of course. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, Guy, close it out. Tell us a little bit about you and your role at Trigo.
5: Sure, sure. So good to see you, Chris and Anne, and great vibe, by the way, opening this uh, exciting (laughs) webinar. Thanks for having me here. Always a pleasure. So um, I joined Trigo six months ago as the chief business officer, part of that spent 20 years across different industries and segments, starting with telco, spent a few years selling some enterprise software, CRM system, but mostly spent the last 10 years around customer experience domain, uh, which I believe there's a great technologies out there that could just make our life easier and simpler. So I'm um, really excited to be in that space. And this is why I choose Trigo and uh, looking forward to have that discussion today.
0: That's awesome. And, and you know, I I want to go to you first, too, to kick us off. And because I, I imagine we're getting to a lot of the media discussion with Anika and the work she's doing. But for y- you specifically, I want you to set the table, Guy around this idea of what computer vision AI is and what digitizing a physical store actually means? Because that's why we're here. You guys are doing it. You're you're undertaking that effort. So w- w- how would you sum up the answer to that question?
5: Yeah, that's yeah, a good question. So first of all, it's important to mention that, you know, um, retailers already implementing AI tools, mostly inbound um, right. for different type of use cases, right? You know, demand forecasting, uh, inventory management and pricing optimization, chat. Andrea could talk a lot about that from an SAP perspective, uh, but I think computer vision, now with computer vision, it gives them the opportunity uh, to take it even one step further towards the outbound to enhance the customer experience and to improve their daily operations. So, The way it works is that computer vision practically leverage smart sensors. We install you know, it's vision and weight sensors that we install in your supermarket to create a full digital twin of your brick and mortars. Practically, we're creating a 3D digital model of your physical store. Now with with the data we capture from the sensor, we enable that frictionless checkout. Practically by tracking the movement of the shoppers, the interaction between the shoppers and the product, we're creating the basket that we push into your point of sale and later on, the customer, the shopper, gets the receipt. Now, in, the, in addition to that, with the data insight we capture, we can do a lot of things. For example, we could, and you probably hear that from Annika later on, we can personalize your in-store shopper journeys. We can help you to minimize shoplifting. We could help you to optimize your store operations, starting from you know workforce management, the whole restocking, gap scanning, and replenishment, everything could be analyze, and uh, and then based on that, you can optimize the environment. So obviously, of course, everything is GDPR compliance because people intend to think, oh, wait a minute, someone is tracking me, so everything relaxed, everything is GDPR compliance. We blur the faces, so we don't see the persona. We don't know who's the persona. We just track the skeleton. And of course, by digitizing that physical store, we deliver a full omni-channel journey, connecting the online and the offline together. And this is what all the retailer wants. Right, and data's at the center of that.
1: Yeah, and too what do you think about what Guy just said, given your experience of seeing how some retailers across the globe are putting this into action?
3: We essentially see computer vision to be almost like the foundation of how you get this whole digitization to be um, activated. So where Computer vision traditionally is about seeing, it's about observing, it's about recognizing. With AI on top, it's all of the analysis that comes together with that. So therefore, what you're essentially doing is is you're unlocking many new things together with computer vision. You're creating that new front-end store experience, just like Guy mentioned with all of the new sensors that you can then install within the, in the, in the store itself, then you're able to collect that data and then drive new personalized experiences for your consumers. So essentially you're creating much more stickier consumer base overall, which is what the industry really needs. So that, that's essentially what we see computer vision to drive. And essentially across the industry, if we even look at, um, uh, um, cpg environment even there, computer vision is driving the same things it's all about the seeing observing recognizing and then it's up to technology providers to work together to do something with that
0: and need to too because you mentioned the real-time nature of your job and that's your expertise that's really important here right i mean because what guy is describing is all happening in very very short periods of time right can you comment on that as well
3: Sure, like, so let's say we take an example of a, an in-store experience where you're trying to create like maybe a, just walkout or maybe just a scan and go type of option. So we know that there are options like that exist in many supermarkets where you have smaller baskets of goods and you're trying to create a more steep, streamlined experience. Mm-hmm. Now, in a moment like this, if your consumer uh, has not scanned their products properly and maybe scanned a different bottle and maybe it was actually a, an expensive bottle of champagne or some other goods for example that look similar right we did not leverage this data within milliseconds this consumer can easily walk out of the store so when we think about stock shrink and we think about the effect of shrink in stores which is product mm. loss of many different types If you then do a total analysis across not just one store, but your entire business, that shrink effect can even be up to 10% of product loss. So this is where milliseconds really matter. So where you need to drive a real-time solution, you need the actions to be also driven in real time. So this is where we see that from a spectrum of different use cases that can have an impact in a store environment, you're really looking at those that are going to be really impactful day one and protect the business from shrink, from product loss and those kinds of things all the way to creating um, totally new experiences for the consumer.
1: Which is so important, especially like Guy was talking about earlier too, like the use of computer vision is so powerful when it comes to that issue of shrink, especially which is a big top concern of retailers, I think when they're considering this new way of shopping is I want to leverage this technology. It cannot cause us to lose you know, to to deal with shrink. Like it has to be so fast, like like you're saying, me
0: to. Yeah. Um, and the option value from computer vision too goes right. into so many realms. That's right. the important point here and why it's such a key technology in yeah. digitizing the store right. as well.
1: It can be utilized in so many ways. Andre, I'd like to hear what you're thinking about as you think about your concept store and like how you're applying some computer vision. What do you think about when you hear what Guy and Nishu just said?
4: I mean, we talked to to Trigo and also to the guys like already, uh, I think more than one year ago, um, Mm -hmm. because this is exactly what we also saw. And when you look into the market, Um, yes, computer vision is key, like connecting also SAP backend software or like, Process management software, so to say, um, with the, the vertical edge and getting the data from the computer vision um, uh, camera recognition or whatever, like using sensors, um, uh, then managing via the AI the data and then um, uh, getting back to the to the source system and triggering the order or do the replenishment in the store, optimize processes. Um, that's critical for retailers. I mean, it's a low margin business and they can just not afford to lose their customers based on something is not available in the in stock um, or um, is maybe the experience in the store is, is worse that you cannot check out because there is such a long row and, and yeah, the cash machine sure. is not working and uh, a lot of manual efforts um, they need to reduce. And therefore, computer vision, like without computer vision, I could not imagine most of the processes that we can automate them. I mean, whatever software we've built without a connect to computer vision and to the edge, um, it's not possible to automate the processes in a physical store and create not I, I'm always saying not a point of sales anymore, it's more point of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also connect in and make use of maybe the the digital data from the e-commerce side and, and apply it to the to the physical store and guide people to the right shelf or do promotional pricing um uh, on the shelf and knowing where people are. Um again, um it's super important. And without this connection, um it's it's getting hard to compete um going forward. And this is definitely what we see, and also get feedback from customers.
0: Hmm. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Annika. So so let's go to you now because you're an important guest here because you uh, you and your company were one of the first retailers to put what we just talked about, what we just spent three, four, five minutes talking about into practice. And now you have literally four stores working on this idea or this platform for how they should operate. And you're probably going to scale it up even more is, is our hunch and from talking to you. Uh, so what made you and the Reva Group think this was the right time to take up this initiative?
2: I mean, uh, we started quite a while ago and I had the chance uh, to go with this pick and go, as we call the service uh, internally at Revit's it's pick and go stores or a pick and go service. I had the chance um, to go along with this idea for a pretty long time from from getting to know Trigo as our partner uh, and, and and now to having four stores live and, and still advising the project on, on where this should go. And so we started in late 2018, early wow. 2019, looking into their technology. So, so, so we've been looking into this for a really long time. Mm. And, and that's pretty much what we're doing every day, looking into new technologies and then selecting the ones where we think this really has disruptive potential for for retail and uh, for computer vision machine learning it was it was very quick to see for us what the potential could be Hmm. So we looked into the technology and we started on by building our, our own pilot, like we had hack uh, days where, where people from the company tried to put a, a products together. And we had this little room in our offices where we put products on shelves and store cameras and really try to understand the technology. And then we traveled the whole world, spoke with the big tech corporations, visited all these startups around back then. And revisited and revisited spoke with them see how technology evolved and and it was always such a big improvement from visit to visit and really seeing it grow and becoming more feasible. Uh, So we knew we really wanted to do it, and we started with trigo in summer 2020 and we knew we wanted to be quick. So it was less than a year or roughly about a year it took us to go live with that first store because we knew that we really need to do it. And we did not want a lab store where you only have your own employees shopping. We wanted to test it in real life conditions, like with real customers that behave so differently from your employees and with real challenges that you have because store processes need to to work along with the technology as well. And, um, We did not have that big expectations on what the technology will will be able to do. We were just like, really, okay, let's select a small location. We don't want to ruin the business in any way or or cause any harm because we don't know how how good it is. And then we started with like accuracy levels that just were beyond our expectations. And uh, we were able to get these accuracy levels up so quickly. And since then, we see it improve and improve and improve. And, and we've grown from a less than 200 square meter store mm. um, to now roughly about 600 square meters. And, and we started with, with a very tiny assortment of, of 2,000 items. I always say the first store is the tiniest Rave store in the world. We don't have another store that small for, in the Rave brand. Um, And now we're at 13,000 SKUs. Wow. So we had the idea this could go big. Mm -hmm. And we we were never at the point where we said, yeah, okay, it's not working. Because we're just like constantly growing with everything.
1: Well, Annika, explain for me a little bit too. I mean, I'm curious, like what had to be true for you to go from the one store to, you know, give, get the confidence from the leadership team, from the development team to push this out to four more pilots. Like what, what kind of things were you using to kind of benchmark how many you did, how many SKUs were in each kind of store, that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I mean um it was a technology test so we had okay. to prove that the technology actually works and it worked uh, to go beyond that and we thought oh we will test for a year and then maybe decide for the next and it was i think the month we went live where we already decided for the next source hmm. because from better testing we already knew that it worked so we kind of shifted our focus from just testing the technology to mo- looking more into customer experience Okay. Because we realized very, very early in our testing with internal employees what, what the challenge really is for customers. Because uh, shopping, grocery shopping is so habitualized. Mm-hmm. You have done that every week for all your life. And you've always done it in the same way. You, you go through the store, you pick your items, put them in the basket, go to the till, place your items on the till, pay for it, pack it back into your basket and go out. So, so changing that, you, you come to the store and, and, wow, there are gates closed. And you, now you have to do something. You have to download the app to enter mm-hmm. the store. And for us as our project team, it was very, very clear what to do. We had UX experts designing everything. And then you have the customer running into the gate, not understanding what to do. So, so we realized really quickly and set the goal for us that we need to have the best customer experience. And for really people to adopt. So um, so it's two sides that we need to prove. Mm-hmm. Technology needs to be scalable. And we cannot go with the tiniest river in the world. We need to go to larger locations. The average river is probably bigger than 1,000 square meters. So we need to prove we can do that. We can do the size. We can do uh, the number of SKUs the types of assortment that we have. So there's many use cases involved. So it's different selling a bottle of something to drink than a weighted cheese that was uh, selected just for you. So for technology, there's a very, very different thing in recognizing uh, the, the item and the price and everything. So we needed to prove that. Is this technology working in a regular river store? And on the other hand, what's the perfect experience for our customers? Because I don't think that anyone has solved that challenge yet.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, right. And I'm curious too. And so for loyal OmniTalk fans, you'll know this, but for those of you that maybe don't, Anne and I visited the smallest Reva store in the world last summer to see how this works. And we put it through like the supermarket sweep challenge where yeah. you're out front. I went in the store, I picked the products. I was back in like a minute and a half, had my receipt in like a minute and a half. I just walked in, you know, came out of the store, pick and go basically. Yeah. But the question I want to get to with that is you guys were very deliberate, Annika, in your choice of how to do that store, you know, making it a fully autonomous store. Why did you do that? And then, Since then, why have you pivoted from that approach? And Because I think people can learn a lot from your experience in answering this question particularly.
2: Yeah, so it's not like the fully autonomous store. It's a men's store and it's a hybrid solution. So it would have maybe been easier on, on going for a fully autonomous store first and just like looking for an expansion location and just like designing everything from scratch. That would have been easier, would have made my life a lot easier. But we wanted to prove, uh, yeah, that the technology can overcome the real-time ch- the real-life challenge. So go to an existing location um, and not cut out all the difficult use cases and cut down the assortment. Of course, uh, we needed to change a couple of things here and there, but we wanted to see... Um, can technology adopt to our stores? Mm -hmm. And at that moment in time, we could not imagine rolling out fully autonomous stores. We wanted to find out, is this technology suitable for changing the way people shop in our regular Rebel stores? Yeah. So we picked a tiny location to make it less complex. And just to prove to everyone in our company that this can be done. No one believed it will work. Right. So we showed them, we invited everyone to the opening event saying you can test for yourself before every customer goes there. Just see that the technology works. And that was our only goal for the first store, really. So, so make it, they, they don't, you don't want everyone arguing, oh, this is not a regular river store. Right. You yeah. cut out all the assortment yeah you don't have the normal things that we would have in a store like that it's still tiny so it's still a discussion but you you want to be as close to reality as possible because with a lab store it will always be like yeah it can work in a lab environment perfect environment yeah perfect environment Mm -hmm. and and you don't learn as much as when you go to a real store yeah so
1: yeah you did those things like I, you did dispensable beverages you did you know bakery yeah. items mm-hmm. you did all kinds of things in that revistore was you know when uh, when you talk a little bit about the hybrid versus fully autonomous approach annika was there kind of a need to show in that first store almost side by side to like prove that people were going to use the fully autonomous option even when yeah. the the you know manned tills or self-checkout option is available i mean how does that Kind of compute in the minds of your leadership.
2: Yeah I think both are equally important in proving uh, that this is the right way. Um, Hybrid store is important for acceptance because for rolling out it would probably rather be in a hybrid version and give the customer the choice whether to use it or not because otherwise would probably in the beginning lose a lot of sales because um, there are just many people saying oh, i don't i don't want to use that new technology especially when you just have one store in in all right. over germany or just 10. once it's like a broad innovation uh, you can you can go with the other option so we needed to prove it can be done but as long as you give the customers options Mm-hmm. They don't see a need to change, especially in Germany. We're not like, oh, there's a new technology. I really want to try it out. That's not what we like. We're still paying cash, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: I want to get my yes. grocery shopping yeah. done
0: fast. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Guy mentioned GDPR earlier. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that's pretty top of mind in Germany for sure.
1: Yes, yes,
2: and and they're already well. They're they're in hectic. Sometimes they just they stand outside the store and they're in the, the fruit and vegetable department already in their mindset. And then you stand there and say, yeah, hey, do you want to download the app and just leave me alone? I want to do my shopping. Yeah. So getting them as first time users is a big challenge. So, and when you have five different payment options, wow, probably then it's just like not the best idea to get the, the adoption up really. So our fully autonomous store is our our test to really see where can it go. Mm-hmm. It's a 300 square meter location. It's, it's in the next to universities in, in Munich, very close to the central station. So you have a lot of people with innovative mindset, happy to try that out. And if you compare it to our hybrid stores, the user traits of pick and go obviously are a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's an important insight because we think that's maybe something we can reach in other stores as well. It's not at a hundred percent yet, but I mean, it's a new innovation. So, so we're really happy with, uh, with the numbers we're achieving at the moment.
0: Great. So let's open the discussion back up. Thanks for all that background, Anika. So, but I think, to, and to do that, I want to ask you another question too, and then we'll bring everyone else back in, but what is it going to take to get, you said the average, you know, Reva store is over a thousand square meters, which is fairly good size here in the States. I think roughly 10,000 square feet for those, you know, here trying to equate that. Um, what's it going to take to get this to scale? What still has to happen? What needs to be done to make this work at that size?
2: So um, we need to be able to support all kind of assortment types. Um, So that's a use case thing then. What kind of shelf types can you support? Can you support flowers? Can you support Mm -hmm. gift cards? Whatever it is. So that's from technology perspective, something that needs to be solved. But that can be done, it just takes time. Um, And then you also obviously need to look at installation efforts and how much Mm -hmm. does it take really to have all that technology in a store and and prove that it really pays off. So so that's why we're also scaling uh, one after the other, going from 200 to 300, 400, 600 is now, square meters is now our biggest store that is live. And just like learning as we go and also making first improvements on how long it takes to install, uh, how much hardware is needed, and then early on finding out what the drivers are for, for, for getting into profitability.
0: So, guys, same question to you then. So, like from the tech solutions providers perspective, How do you think about addressing the challenges Anika just mentioned? And and what else do you think needs to be brought into the discussion at this point?
5: First of all, Anika and me probably talking once a week and then starting on all these challenges, um, you know, moving from, you know, four or five POC kind of technology where you're stretching the technology, making sure that Anika said like, you know, it's accurate, reliable and so on and so on to what we call initial scale, which is, you know, 20, 30, 40 stores in a size of 1,000 square meter. It's a huge, huge major shift for the retailer. Um, And the first thing, and I really 100% agree with Annika, the first thing, it's all about trust. And we need to make sure that we have the adoption on the shopper's side. And in order to increase the adoption, we need to give them the confidence and the trust and the technology and the best way to do it. And this is one of our lesson learned as a technology player. Is that we must deliver the receipt and mm-hmm. show them the receipt before they leave the store. Wow. Up until now, the industry is focusing on delivering the receipt after they leave the store, what we call offline experience. Now, soon we're going to work with Reve and deliver the receipt in real time. And that will change the confidence from the shopper side and give them the confidence that they can continue first of all, they see receipt and they continue. Consume the service more and more. And of course, um, you know, the whole Anika mentioned the choice. So, in that perspective, from our perspective as a technology player, we want to give them freedom of choice to check out in any way they want from the store. They could check out with app, with their credit card. They can go to the self checkout and see the receipt, or even, you know, they can go to the cashier um, and spend, you know, paying cash. So, that's on the shopper side. On the retailer side, of course, moving to that initial scale, you need to make sure that you have a solid business case. You need to make sure that you have a strong operation arm that you can source and deploy the infrastructure across different stores quickly. Um, and of course, and, and we need to be you know straight here and open here with the retailers that are listening to that webinar, it also requires some in-store adjustment in terms of processes, change management. Mm-hmm. And this is something that the retailer need to understand if you want to benefit from the huge value of computer vision, there's so many value that you can get out of it. Yes, you may need to make some small adjustment in the way you run the store, you operate the store. And this is like that we need to discuss with the retailers. And as we speak, we're working with Accenture um, together to put like a playbook um, for a typical retailer that wants to move from a technology POC to initial scale, scanning everything, the operational, the HR, everything that you need to do mm-hmm. in order to make it happen.
0: That was going to be my question actually no. for Nitu, Nitu next. Like, from the consultative perspective of helping retailers to capture the data in real time, set their teams up to be able to handle this, the infrastructure that's involved. Can you comment on that? Like, what does the retail audience need to know about that endeavor to bring this to scale?
3: Sure, now it's a it's a really important question because why would a retailer even invest in something to try if the vision for the long term doesn't quite add up, right? And I think that's really important to get right from the beginning. And, and maybe just connecting more closely with what Guy was just saying, that topic of getting a receipt in in real time instantly as you check out of the store that is one of the game changers we see in the market because this increases customer confidence and loyalty because they know that they have essentially paid for what they have taken from the store and therefore it increases their return visit as well so with that in mind then thinking about how do you then scale that across the board we see a couple of things that the retailers will need to traverse across and annika will know this much more closely than us but there are some trends that we're starting to observe one of them is is look, there's going to be a lot of technology that is needed, right? Many sensors, many cameras, you're refitting the store to some degree. You could probably do it as a retrofit, that's okay. And and maybe you could design it in in a new store footprint as well. But there, the procurement of all of that technology and the installation of it is, is really heavy lifting. It is a big uphill climb, right? And here, the retailers have to invest in a huge capital outlay to make sure that they can cover the costs there one of the things that we're also helping our clients to enable is is how do you create a new business model why does it always have to be big capex outlays day one whereas you could probably look at more of an opex based model so how do you look at this from a more of a um and as a service rather than it being just a, a capex investment initially and therefore looking at an alternative model. So when we think about scaling, the numbers, they really do need to add up. So therefore we have to reduce the barriers to entry for our retailers to really take that scaling option. The other thing I would say is uh, to double click on the change management topic. This is huge, right? Because this isn't just a a process changing more about your current process and then there's a new process. There's a real cultural thing here as well, cultural on the consumer experience side, mm-hmm. and also a cultural um, change on the employee experience, and and you know these employees, some of them have worked in these retailers for a very long time, and making sure that they retain that talent and also get to upskill them and show them that there's a strong career path for them is also equally as important as doing all of these fun, funky, shiny tech changes that we like right. to do. So that change management is really end to end, is process, technology, but people as well, I would say, both on the customer side and on the employee side. And then also one of the other things that we've also been getting involved in is is support. So imagine you already have your own support center, you're able to support the services you have today, but you're firing up this new technology and it's starting to scale across many more stores. How do you then enable the support system to cater for that? So then the other thing that we're also enabling our customers to do is set up a centre of excellence that sits behind your support centre that caters for all of this new technology that's uh, going to be installed and then used, analysed from a digital twin perspective. And then lastly, the thing that I think is, um, which is always a thing that we care about the most at the beginning, but then with operational changes and issues and culture things, it kind of gets hidden away is, this new data that we then capture, what do we do with it? Do we have a process to actually do something with that? Those hidden insights mm-hmm. that we've now just unlocked. How are we going to leverage them and do something with them? And, and this platform that we then can create for our customers, that isn't just going to be in a siloed um In a division way, but right the way across the enterprise, unlocking those data insights fully end to end for the enterprise is a really important area for us because this is really where we see that the retailers can sell micro insights back to their suppliers, they're able to change the experience of their consumers. They're able to do so many more things than they were able to do before, and also empower their employees with the right data insights for them to add value back into the store experience.
0: What a great answer! I My know. My God, that was such a good answer. There, there are angles there in what Nitu just said that I've never, you and I have never talked about on our no. show, like and especially the service side as yes. you scale this. Like I've never even contemplated that. that was yeah, so- and
1: they're so important as retailers are are listening to this, trying to figure out like. Okay, what what is the right approach to this? How should I be prioritizing this? What what needs to be very true? Systematic. What are questions I should yeah. be asking of my providers in order to set this up for success? Yeah. I, I love it.
0: Yeah. So Andre, tough tough act to follow here, but you know, same let's get your opinion on this too. Like from SAP standpoint, what are the questions and considerations that you can think about as this technology or this effort to digitize the physical store continues to evolve?
4: I mean, there were a lot of um uh, very very important topics now came up here in the discussion and maybe maybe starting on the last point on the master data management also Mm -hmm. across different kind of processes but also industries um all all the experience um, and maybe also the processes you need to optimize in a in a retail store or in a in a retail world. And um, uh, I I assume Rebe Rebe can definitely talk on this. And uh, Annika, um, uh, I mean, are difficult to manage without uh, according master data management between the different kind of systems you have. And, that, and that's the point at the end. I mean, there's uh, we talked about okay getting the receipt fast. But at the end, we also need to have some kind of uh, point of sales or uh, cash solution um, uh, and, and billing solution, which is connected to an ERP backend to do the accounting accordingly um, for the retailer. Otherwise, uh, it won't work, I would say. And and then you need to manage it not only maybe for one or two or three stores. You need to manage it at scale for a whole country or maybe a whole market unit or whatever. Mm. Um, also, maybe between different kind of subsidiaries. And, and and that's then the challenging part also, um, uh, I would assume, for most of the retailers, to drive this whole and use um, uh, um, computer vision then as, as some kind of vertical extension and bring it back to the backend systems um, that you can operate accordingly, that you can trigger the order, that you can manage, okay, where I need to maybe... Um, find the goods I, I, I want to sell in the store and I'm not available anymore to to maybe uh, connect to the right suppliers, to the right um, uh, wholesale distributor um, uh, to really fulfill then also the customer needs. And that's always like just a small piece um, of everything. Like again, like you um, have then also multiple customers out there with different kind of transformation journeys and um uh, you, you just mentioned it need to i mean it's it's a lot of change management and i assume also Reve, uh, based on the different kind of market unit you operate um, uh, you have different kind of customer needs and different kind of employees and um, a different kind of transformation approach um, uh, so i would not say like one size fits fits all um, and, and and that's a bit the challenge we try to work also together with Trico to solve like, okay, in a lab environment, um, uh, just based on the fact that we also take into consideration, it's not only Trico and SAP, it's also Trico, another partner, another third party solution, which is somewhere um, in place in a retailer, um, having a system integrator like Accenture, like all these parties need to play together um, uh, that we can deliver at the end to the customers a proper package and make their store more intelligent, um, uh, make it uh, self-checkout availability, do in, in, um, improve the processes and all this stuff. And again, um, for me, it's always important. Um, everything like innovation um, only comes to life if you have, the proper backend and the processes right. And just like change management, it's also um, you need to apply to the processes, you need to standardize processes, you need to have the system in place, you need to have the master data in place, um, and the change management. It's like four pieces that you do such a transformation right and that you can really then also make use of computer, computer vision technology and make it beneficial to the customers. And, and this is also something, um, again, where I'm super positive and also looking very much forward that we um, uh, do step by step improvements also in our partnership with Trigo, but also with partners like Accentures um, uh, to deliver customers like Rewe um, a proper end to end package, which is integrated, which doesn't, uh, which does help them to do not pay a lot of money to, to always keep the systems integrated between the different kind of software vendors um, uh, that um, implementation doesn't take too long. um, uh, As said, I mean, it's not only the hardware implementation, it's also then the connect um, uh, to the the software, but also to um, uh, the servers, um, uh, what kind of data we keep in store, what kind of data we send to the cloud and to the AI technology on top of it and send it back um, uh, to the... Uh, business software system, um, a lot of complexity um, behind the scene. Uh, and this is actually uh, where we um, uh, double down also um, with, our, with our lab approach and then also uh, build a roadmap for our um, engineering teams accordingly that we build the right uh, products um, and have the right roadmap in place.
1: I love I would this. Like- Oh, if go I can, ahead. I'll I would like hard. to add
2: one view on this because everyone was speaking about partnership, and I think partnership is one of the core aspects when you're working on innovation. Yes. When you work with startups or or vendors of new solutions, you really need to see them as true partners. Um, and I mean, Guy said it a couple of minutes ago that we Trigo and we speak on a weekly basis and. And this is how we come to the game changing ideas of saying we need to be real time, because a year ago we were discussing about that. It was like, yeah, do we really need real time? Does anyone want that? Isn't accuracy more important for everyone? And there was no one out there doing it in real time, really. So um, this is really opening up. Uh, sharing your insight really openly being transparent with your partner and learning together because I think for big corporations we, we, we can be hesitant on sharing information and but if you want to really grow together and and you're early on innovation because you want to create you want to shape the solutions then you really need to see it as a partnership
1: yeah, I I really enjoy that sentiment, Annika, because I I do think and feel that after talking to all of you today, that there is this real sense of connectivity and that you are working together to solve for some of yeah, the these are real people
0: working on. Yeah, this.
1: to, to yeah. but to, to that there's possibility here, yeah. and I think, Guy, I want to give you the last word here because we always like to end with a little prognostication when we can. Um we heard Michael your CEO on stage at ShopTalk Europe talk about these very same ideas that could be coming soon to a mobile phone store um soon and if if that's the case I I'm, I'm curious where does all this partnership that you've been talking about today where what does that mean for the future of this technology like how soon can we see things come to life outside of of a grocery uh or convenience store
5: well, we are just starting the journey, of course. Um, we started with grocery, um, you know, because we believe this is where the biggest pain in the world, hundreds of millions of shoppers every day struggling with these queues and lanes. And there's big pains in retail, you know, labor yes. shortages, and drink. So we started with that, with the complexity, with tons of, you heard, Annika, 13,000. Next year, it's going to be, I know, in one day, Annika will pick up the phone and say, I need 30,000 SKUs and... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's gonna be more and more complicated. We, we, we realized that, you know, if we check mark grocery, it would be natural for us, then to go to the other retailers. Could be Palma, which we're already discussing mm. with 51 T1 retailers, and hopefully uh, we'll have the first store in 24, spoiler. And we are, of course, <laughs> and of course, like Michael Legovay, uh, our CEO said, um, we are looking at the telco. Uh, in telco business, customer experience especially in that red ocean is critical so we're looking at telco and then you can fantasizing how you can take the you know computer vision into many other industries Mm -hmm. um, where you need to analyze visual uh, and based on that take you know um, actionable insights um, and 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 identify patterns Um, and so there's many you know there's room to grow and we're super excited um, from that opportunity ahead of us that's awesome.
0: Well, thank you to everyone. Uh, this was a truly insightful and oftentimes fascinating panel to yeah. sit and listen to because you guys are the experts. Like it like was just mentioned, like it's it's palpable how the four of you are working on this endeavor. And it's really great for us to get the chance to interview you and to hear how you're going about digitizing your own physical storage, and particularly from the firsthand experience of Annika too. So um, let's, we always like to end on this too. Like if people want to get in touch with any of you, pick your brains on anything you just talked about. Um, what's the best way for them to do that? Anika, let's start with you.
2: Sure. Easiest way is probably, uh, to find my name on LinkedIn and uh, connect with me and just make sure you take a reference to this webinar and, and describe what you want to talk about because i get a lot of inquiries and, and really need to select, but that's probably the easiest way to connect with me.
0: I bet you do. Yeah, you're kind of becoming one of the foremost experts in the world on this topic. Yeah. So I imagine your inbox gets quite full. I need to how about you?
3: Uh, yeah sure a very similar approach actually my contact details are on my linkedin page so you can find me on there Uh, i usually post a lot of thought leadership that we collect across the board so you can follow me and pick that up along the way as well that's another way to just keep close to this uh, industry changing domains um and yeah my contact details are there awesome
4: andre same for me. I mean, best way is to connect via LinkedIn or just text me classically with Andre.Bestron at
0: SAP.com and send me a mail. All right. Very nice. Nicely done. And Guy,
5: last question. I'm the easiest one, by the way. I'm the sales guy, so blast me all over.
0: I <laughs> 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 can never get enough. I'll you give bill, you right? my
5: private phone number. I'll give you everything. Just Annika just will
1: me. send <laughs> her people to you, Guy, <laughs> to start filtering back in your weekly partnership
0: calls. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Christian. Uh, really awesome. Great work. Yeah. Top notch, top notch, top notch. That wraps us up today. Thanks to everyone for watching on LinkedIn and asking your questions as we went along. Uh, thanks again to Annika, Guy, Andre and me too for sitting down with us. And as always to everyone out there, can't say it enough, whether you're watching now or listening later, be careful out there.